Welcome to the Thinking Church podcast with Lee Button and me, Chris Bright. Thinking Church exists to help your church thrive by helping you think through key strategic topics of church life. Each week we'll be tackling a different subject of church life and we'll be joined by some special guests along the way. So if you like this podcast, why not give us a like, give us a rating and give us a review as well. So without further ado, get your thinking caps on and let's get on with this week's episode. I'm, I am continuing, Chris, with my uh, efforts to do Couch to 5K. Ah, okay, right. Where So is it where you do Couch to sort of, you know, just down the street and then Couch to 1K, Couch to 2K? How's, how does it work? So the, the one I'm on is, and I think there are many variations of this app and program. I think it is... Um, uh, available in many different places but the one i'm doing seems to be linked with bbc yes and has from public health england so i i get coached through by michael johnson the uh olympian <laughs> makes me feel a bit better about myself yeah and he, um, he did have a very interesting running style as well so have you adopted his running style the kind of um back straight knees no. high kind of thing yeah, it, it was a it, it was a very technical thing for him, wasn't it? Of uh, you know a, a way short step, short step, high cadence kind of uh, weird run. But yeah, uh, no, I'm not trying to sprint anywhere. Um, so my 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 aim for this is it basically says you are you the aim by the end of the program is to run consistently for thirty minutes or five k. Okay. Assuming that you're going to do 5K probably quicker than 30 minutes. I think that's yes. the aim. So, um, so it starts off that you are always out for 30 minutes if you follow the program each time right. you do it. Uh, but it starts off really, really easy with, I say really, really easy. I'm not going to lie. I did not like it. <laughs> I am, I am, I am not the natural kind of, uh, runner but i understand kind of like the necessity as i'm getting a bit older just to maintain some level of fitness and with things leaving from my home and returning to my home lockdown measures and exercise and all the rest of it i thought this was a good thing to focus and i thought being able to run for 30 minutes is probably not a not a bad marker here we go is this a this this might link in is this a, a metric of, of how well, well i'm doing yes Yes, I feel like that is the perfect segue to start talking about things. Oh, we're, we're on to health and metrics and measurements, Chris. It's like I mean, it's, it's like we can't do anything other. Hey, let me just finish though. So, if, if for whoever is waking up and like talking about doing this in different types of weather, so far since starting this, I have been out and done my runs in minus two degrees C. I have been out in the rain, and today I was out in the snow. So as much as I don't like it, I am going to say I am reasonably dedicated to this program. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I am hoping that in another six weeks or whatever's left on this, that um, I'm going to be only in that. But, you know, track me along. I'm not going to be insufferable with the fact that I'm getting fit and healthy. Uh, it is just going to be one of those things that you might see the odd tweet about. Uh, from me personally not under the thinking church banner but I'll, I'll keep you posted with how i'm doing chris well i maybe maybe we should put it under the thinking church banner and your progress can become you know 
for everyone's enjoyment i think this is this is a good thing maybe we can link it to some kind of strategy in some way i have no idea but what we can do is talk about church statistics today and this is a question that uh you and i had the other day and uh i've been wondering about this and i think you have too and i think this is going to be an interesting conversation uh because i've been wondering about church statistics and COVID. And the real thing is, has COVID ruined church statistics? And and it's because, here's my thinking. Uh, I was looking at my church's attendance figures over 2019, and then I got to 2020. And I thought, why bother? What's the point? Well, why, why bother tracking the attendance statistics, even year on year? Because, you know, I understand week to week's not often a very good metric we that's a thing that i think is should be relatively well known because you know yeah. your your august is going to be lower than your january and your december's you know those kind of things so you know you're going to have peaks and troughs throughout the year so don't don't compare it to week on week because that's not going to be very helpful so year on year is helpful until you have a covid year and now that's not helpful at all and then then you can but then you can't even say okay well we'll throw into that you know the online figures because online figures are even harder to gauge because are you gauging the three seconds the one minute the the longer than one minute are you you know what what counts and 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 so i this is my question i'll put it just to you at the moment has covid ruined statistics it's i i think this is going to be one of those where it'll be yes and no, depending <laughs> on what you're measuring and why you're measuring and what for. There's, there's, there's so, I think there's so many nuances to it. I'm wondering if it's also tied in with were we, were we measuring the right things before? Are we seeing now levels of health and, you know, when we say, quote, engagement um, with, with people that, we weren't maybe tracking previously but now we realize that they are more important so it's the you know there's a i had somebody refer to it to me as sort of like you know the three big things in church world were um basically yeah bums on seats buildings and budgets that's that was three of the big things that churches would always look at i'm like actually where we're at at the minute you know somebody sat on a seat's a very highly tangible thing and we didn't ever wonder whether they were zoning out at any point in it and now we're realizing that they probably did so it's i'm going to say it i'm, I'm on the fence with which i want to fall with this i think some of the things that we measured are now irrelevant and i think some things are more important than ever and probably goes both ways but what a what a great time to consider this and again as we say every week we're thinking about this at the minute. I don't know how we want to help people know whether they've got anything to go on to gauge how they're going to program for this coming year, which is still an unusual year. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of reservation from people about returning to buildings. If you can return to a building, I mean, at the minute, we're still, you know, not to, not to date all of our content so so tightly, but we're we're not we're not ready to go back to buildings in quite the same way that we ever thought. And it, it just all still looks a bit different. So what do we need to know to know that we've got a gauge of how we're really doing? 
And are we gain, yeah. are we taking those measurements to understand how we're doing, or are we doing them? Are they have they become a vanity measure? And so this is something that I I wrote a blog about this about it. It was probably about a year ago. I think that I wrote it. I can't remember how long how long ago it was. It's on the, our website, thinking church slash blog. And um, it was the difference between vanity metrics and sanity metrics. And um, the vanity metrics were, you know, counting, you know, counting salvations. And the sanity metrics was, you know, counting, you know, because a vanity metric is, it looks really, really nice. You know, to say we had this number of salvations or this number of hands up is really, really good. Until, like me, I realized that when you're when you're a worship leader, which which I am, and I'm stood, I'm always the one that's you know, if I'm on playing guitar, then I'm the one that has to get up at the end of the service and play over the, um, you know, the heads down, eyes closed bit, hands up bit, and um, and of course, whilst I know I should be heads down, eyes closed, I I I very rarely am because it's too interesting. And but what I, I think why I think something like salvation was a, a vanity metrics to, to begin with, and for me I think it still is, is that you just I just saw the same people put their hands up many times, and uh, maybe because they had a bad week or you know for, for very good reasons. They're not just trying to sort of you know they're not in you know inflating the numbers for people or something. It, it was nothing like that. It was everyone was doing it for good reasons. But you know if you're new to faith, you know you you have a bad week and you feel like you've, you've lost it. And so you want to, so for, for many people, they're, you know, putting their hands up multiple times. And I think that's fine. Um, but what it means is it's not a very good and reliable metric and it looks nice. It can look really great that, you know, you had this number of salvations or, or whatever, but that's a vanity metric. A sanity metric would be more something like uh, baptisms because it's someone taking a next step and generally you don't get baptized twice um, you know, the, you know, the theological points of that is we won't go into, but even, but this is the problem that I've got with COVID is that even baptisms, cause you know, what, what we always used to do was, you know, we would, when we talk with churches, we would say, let's have a look at the number of baptisms. And, you know, you'd be looking at kind of six to 7% of your, uh, of your congregation should be being baptized every year. But this year, I mean, Firstly, can you even do a baptism? Can you even, you know, it might have to be someone has to baptize themselves in their own bathtub. That's kind of cool. I've got no problem and, with uh, that. Like, I mean, if it happened on Zoom, there is a witness. So it's, it, true. it's fine. It just depends how much somebody wanted to get into their own bath and uh, submerge themselves. <laughs> yes. Is, is, uh, is, is how people are allowing that. Although, yeah, there's, um, I don't know, somebody, somebody, I mean, to be fair, that. Surely, right, baptisms is a thing in a reasonably large body of water with somebody getting in and the people doing the dunking wearing full diving outfits is pretty COVID safe. refer that to health and safety yeah although i've never seen a baptism where someone's wearing diving gear <laughs> oh, what about the people job. doing the dunking not the not the bat person being baptized but I've, it's like yeah 
I, the, the other thing is, I've I've heard about you know you know bathtub baptisms. I'm not sure I could get my whole body into a bath. You know, like if I put my head in, my legs are coming out. Like my bath is not that big, and many people don't have a bath. So I think that this is just not going to be. How fast does the shower need to be running to it as a baptism? <laughs> you have to make sure the door is shut and just allow it to fill up. Uh, <laughs> does that count? I don't know. So, so even baptisms, because now you can't even say, well, let's have a look at, you know, as a good health measure, have you baptized six to 7% of your church? Well, most churches have baptized zero people in the last year because it's really hard to logistically do that for bathtub reasons that we've seen yeah and we're, we're talking here as well about you know um okay it might be it's 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 a good proportion of churches that we perhaps do work with that um would go with full immersion baptism yeah but even in other senses of it in terms of marking and ceremony and um in even infant baptism and things like that they're, they're not happening in the same way that, yeah. that that they once were whether that even comes through to other markers within, you know, church tradition and how all the different denominations approach this. I think, you know, it, it still, it still applies. So, you know, it's, you know, we could joke about like the full immersion aspect of it, but actually there's, there's, it's, there's something more underlying about the, the, the principles of those things that are the markers within our own church traditions that would, would, would show this as opposed to just being, you know, hands raised and, you know, that decision or that commitment and, um, and however we might talk about it, but yeah, no, yeah, you're absolutely right. There's, I like that. I like that mix vanity and sanity. I think that's a, it's a, that's a good, a good initial marker, um, on, on what you're looking at. Yeah. I, in my, in my blog, I likened it to, so it was, um, I remember hearing Duncan Bannatyne from, oh, what's that show? Uh, Dragon's Den. And he was talking about, you know, he said revenue is is vanity and profit is sanity now you still track revenue in a company but but profit means more than than revenue revenue is just a marker it's not a help it's it's not a thing that you're gonna make big decisions on your revenue or at least you shouldn't do and i think so there's 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 nothing wrong with um there's nothing wrong with tracking things like salvations and hands up. They're, 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 they're all good. They are okay, but you have to, they have to be in the context of what does that really mean? And mm. so I think the, yeah, the, the vanity and sanity thing that works, but it feels like it works only in a controlled, predictable environment. And we are not in a controlled and predictable environment. So, you know, look at finances, for instance, most, many churches finances are either going to be level or down. Very, very few churches have got, higher income over the last year so does that mean that they're performing worse well i think that's hard to argue it's hard to argue yes on that because it's just a completely different time so it feels like we're in this thing where no metric is now without this massive yeah. asterisk that's got to go by let, it let, let's follow up on that finance one because there's there's weird things that happen with finance and, and yeah i think i think first off like absolutely so you know my own church we don't have a building we rent a space we have not rented a space since march 2020 yeah so in in some senses you know the financial position as it stands at this point in time is kind of like better off even though with lower giving because you know the demographics and the makeup and people furloughed, you, you could probably safely assume you're going to get 
80% if that's kind of like you know the, the, the how it's tracking elsewhere um but because we've had less outgoing as a result of not hiring venues it's actually looked pretty stable but we've we've seen and we've worked with church and this is from surveys that have been done by uh, the unstuck group working with churches uh, you know predominantly uh north america but also into into parts of europe certainly across the uk and the churches that we've worked with we've done this survey with as well giving as an indicator and finance as an indicator often churches in decline are in better financial positions or have better per capita giving because they have more mature Christians yeah. and fewer new Christians of the spread of, you know, people new in don't often, you know, maybe not up to date and, you know, understanding of uh, tithing, giving and different principles and however you might teach it compared to people who've been in your church a very long time. So sometimes if you start to see in really good health, that actually can be a marker of things. So it's a good thing to, understand and put a nod to but you you can't view it as if it's only a sign of one you know one thing going well actually the inverse can be true beyond a certain point yeah so it feels like now because i think that that's 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 true with you know the giving goes up in declining churches but is that is that still true in a COVID world? Because it feels like all the, it, I, that, this is my thing. And I, I've, I'm actually, this is weird because I'm not, you know, I'm not saying this to say, you know, we're, we're not trying to coax to an answer. I actually genuinely have this question. It feels like all of those things are now defunct, defunct, debunked, debunked, or defunct. Did, what's word is it? De- de- defunct is the word that you were looking for there. Uh, debunked means proven, like to be not true, as in like we've, Debunked that, but is uh, yes. defunct means that it's no longer of use. It's defunct, and to a certain extent, is it debunked as well? Um, because it just doesn't feel like saying, okay, you know, in this year, you cannot say that if giving's gone up, that is an indicator of a declining church, or you know, those kind of those no. traditional ones. Rules. It's, 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 it's a sign of a church that's had less outgoings as a result yes. of not being able to physically meet like it's like you're, you're proving something that is actually almost beyond obvious so but i, I think there's yeah and then there's the other sense like you know, you've got vanity metrics the sanity metrics there's the stuff that you're doing within your own church and your congregation and how you know you know you sometimes you need you know what you need to measure as your own church to understand its own position I think it this doubly becomes problematic when you look at any level of benchmarking. Yes. Like how do you compare? Well, it, it it's not going to hold that what what you measure is now not I maybe this is it. It's not one size fits all. What you measure could be meaningless to somebody else. And this, and this is the thing because often you know we do it where you know taking a survey of lots of churches which you know we use unstuck data and even going between the, the sample size in COVID is just not long enough to get that level of well this is what's happening and this is what normal churches are happening they're just the rules are just they're, they're, they're just not the same it's just you can't just say okay over the, this year if this has happened then that's a sign of health and if this is, happens that's not a sign of health you'd hope for 
probably figures over five years, six years to kind of gauge that kind of level of clarity because you still don't know what's going on. So for instance, with you know economic downturns, there's been economic downturns of the past that you can compare them to. So, you know, in the, the, the 2008 one, you know, you can link it back to the, uh, was it the, the Black Wednesday? Whichever one it was. Not the Black Friday, because I know that's the sale, um, but the other ones. And there's been other economic downturns in the past. And you can say, okay, well, we can compare it to that and we can see that the progress out of that. You know, the last time we had a pandemic was 100 years ago. Uh, it was in 1919, wasn't it? So, um, and so th there's just nothing. And, you know, we weren't measuring attendance stats back then, or at least if we did, we didn't put them on a spreadsheet. Um, so how, how do we, are these things useful? Are church to church stats still useful? again and then maybe even now that is you know within denominations and sometimes we're also mandated to track certain things you know we're asked for information on x y and z i've also seen some places where actually when we're operating decentralized models with uh you know some central pot at the top of the denomination that we all pay into that actually money back out to those churches is reliant on the figures and the things that you're monitoring and reporting. Now, we've mentioned this before. When you do that, people start to game it. And even though they, you know, they're, they're probably being accurate in terms of what they're reporting, but actually you're, you're always going to flavor that for being positive because it's almost incentivized. Yes. So I think, you know, there's so many things at play um, about why and how you would do it, how you would benchmark, what have we got to go on? Does it need to follow anything? What is health for us, and how do, how do you gauge it? You know, is it minutes read in the Bible? You know, how how are you going to get that information from your church unless they all use your app and you track that and they give you permission and you end up with your own data protection nightmare? But you know what what are you what are you doing and what actually matters and does it does it even need counting to start and so i think you know yeah. it's not not to not to be cyclical with that conversation but i think actually it starts to pull at a thread that covid has sped up a lot of things in how we're having to think about stuff full stop yeah i think people have realized that metrics when it comes to i think like any new thing social media in the way that we're generally using it within church worlds is relatively new even though you know it's not actually an old mm -hmm. uh technology in that sense is it you know yeah. we're looking at like the last decade for most of it that this reminds me of in the early days of online advertising when we first made websites that people used to count page impressions and 
all these kind of like weird and wonderful things to actually know what people were doing on a website. But, you know, sometimes, you know, how you tracked that and people returning to a page and hitting the back button and all these kind of things just exponentially grew those numbers. And I think we're seeing that a lot with social media statistics is that the numbers are seemingly huge. Yeah. Because we haven't found a meaningful way to interpret the data and to understand what we're really doing. We're not sat with people tracking eyes on a screen, knowing where they're looking. They might be viewing on Facebook, but remember their message feed is just to the right of it, scrolling past. You don't know what they're looking at. You could be on mute. Like you yeah. don't you don't know any of these things. So I think there's, you know, unless you're going to start quizzing people on the content of what was there, some of that is irrelevant. So why do we do it? Why do we why do we even do the thing that we do? You know, what why are we putting anything out there if we if it's increasingly getting more difficult to understand how people relate to it, use it, and how to to track how effective it is? What what other things do we need to have in place? Yeah, and I think this leads into there's some thinking that we've had in church life, which is first off is if I remember hearing this, which is if you don't if you don't measure it, it didn't happen, or if you like, it has to be measured for it to to happen, and that just doesn't feel like that now rings true for me. Um, and I, I remember hearing about a church that they would count absolutely everything, you know, the number of cups of tea that they made. But it feels like you can, like you said, you can just drown in statistics, and that doesn't seem very helpful. And the other thing is, of course, we've been kind of conditioned, maybe it's in life, but in church as well, that, you know, we want things going up and to the right. Oh, no, absolutely. That's, yeah, that's, uh, it's, you know, it's presented that way because it's psychological has great meaning, you know, to see things, you know, things of that shape look better. It's, a, it's, a, it's I think there's an odd phenomenon about that as well. Because it's like when you have a two by two matrix, naturally you want to be in the top right hand corner. It's yeah. that's the top right hand corner is the that's the box that you want to be in. You don't want to be in the bottom left. Definitely don't want to be in the bottom left, and probably not bottom right either. But that's a bit better, you know. Yeah. So it's, it is odd. And it, for me, it doesn't seem like this now rings true. And I guess what I've started to think about is if everything in church life has been up and to the right, and you and I talk about health, but then when I think about, you know, a human body's health, uh, there is literally nothing in my health that I would track that needs to go up and to the right for me to say that I'm healthy. I have, there's nothing that needs to improve for me to say that I'm being healthy. I can't think of anything that you want that. I want more of that and more of that over time. I don't, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe for you it would be running, you know, maybe that's, well, that's one. Yeah. I was going to say, you're, you're not tracking like the impact on the body because like, it's like, you know, like the, the, the fitter I get, you have moments where like, say weight goes down. So like yeah. that's going a different direction to what you would look. And sometimes, you know, you you know that wanting it to trend like that, you want to know when you plateau. It depends what you depends what you're doing it for. It's like looking, you know, if you're increasing strength or 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 toning up and stuff like that. But it's like, you know, things like after after my adult teeth came in, I wasn't waiting to track the presence of more teeth. Um yeah. so it it you know, but you know, that's that's a nonsense one. 
but you know there's thing there's things like that and some things that you're not going to change but then again if it's it's like the thing of uh, you know if you had an elephant the size of a mouse something yes. has gone wrong and if you had a mouse the size of an elephant something has gone wrong isn't that just so called are... a kangaroo <laughs> so it's uh i think you're over egging the size of a kangaroo yeah, that's a good point but, um, <laughs> that's a very good point I mean, still, like, kangaroo the size of an elephant, I am getting out of the way. But, do you know what I mean? It's like, actually, what what's, what what are the boundaries and what's the health for you? You know, what 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 are those signs? Is it more about the consistency that with, with, with which you do things? It's like, you know, like, I know that I'm improved and I feel better if over a week that I've run a few times, if I eat healthy, if I snack less, um, and these kind of things. So what am I looking at? It's like, oh, I didn't have more than you know, like, is it is it to do with to do with some to some bounds, or you know, is it is it more um, conceptual in how we how we're going to do it? So you, you know that I'm a big fan of actually, you know that things are going well and that you are healthy as a church if you have more stories like this of life change, yes, of provision of uh god's hand on situations than stories like these of loss of lack of you know things things in a poor state of things going badly so we talk then more about you know like tracking stories which is more conceptual i i, I absolutely agree fits more into sense making frameworks for you to understand maybe yes. what you should be tracking but actually you know maybe, maybe that's one of the things at the minute is that a thing that as a church we could just go actually if we if we if we put out content if we're running these online services if we're curating things that become uh points for people to engage with understand talk about and we're still running groups if we as a church know that we run a couple of big meetings a week and we know that we run connect groups. If we know then that we look after some thematic groups for people that are dealing with certain issues, and if we do a new Christians course and a parenting course, if we know those things are happening, we know that our church has got all the things it needs to serve it. After that, the measurement is, are we seeing from all of the people we mix with more stories like this than like that? And you know then that you've got this positivity of, of things that are going on because it doesn't mean that those situations are always brilliant situations what you're measuring is is are people actually engaging with the stuff that we're saying are they believing it where's their faith at how are they articulating it and how do they talk about the situations they're going through and how god is intervening um and how god you know how they're moving to join in with what god is doing so um there's there's a part of me that i i, I want to push over to an area and go I think there's unexplored territory here of yeah. how we do this. And it, it, it you know, the, the measurement for measurement's sake is that, you know, you know, if you have a job and you sit at your computer nine to five does not mean you are productive. If you are a programmer writing a hundred lines of code does not mean that you wrote great code mm -hmm. because like you could go in one day, write two lines that unlock some massive problem. And it had been, you know, it's the culmination of much more. Why is then the expectation that like, well, where's my other 98 lines of code? Like you, yes. you, you, do you know what I mean? So it's the, 
the the you know the input as opposed to the output from what we're doing you know what resources went in and what did we get out was it worthwhile that's probably a reasonable one to kind of track but i am much more interested in the impact of what we are doing and i think that's much more about making sense of our surroundings and listening to the stories but is a much more conceptual thing to think of and uh doesn't make great spreadsheets well yeah it's life change it's life change and maybe maybe that's it maybe it is messier than sometimes we think and you know we haven't landed this we're we're not thinking that we've got solutions into this into this stuff but there is there's thinking to be done here to actually unlock some of this because we're, we're just not quite there Yeah, I think this is the thing. I think we as a church, but I think, you know, as society as well, we are, we probably have this kind of addiction to quantifiable data. And there's nothing wrong with quantifiable data. So don't hear what I'm not saying. But we want to be able to put it on a spreadsheet. And it seems like it feels more real, more, um, if it goes from the subjective into the quantitative. And quantitative is more, is hard facts. It's, it's empirical yeah. subjective is obviously subjective but it seems like with with the work that we do you know with you know what as you know church leaders as well you you can't put that on a you know you can't put life change on a spreadsheet and yet we want to so we're looking for all of these different things and and then we feel like we got somewhere but then COVID has, has changed that and and then I start to think about, you know, so if we're thinking about health more than than productivity, because I think, and, and this is the thing that we talk about, that it's, it's, it's more important to be healthy than about growth. Because, you know, a healthy thing will grow as long as it remains healthy. Um, so like you said, about the, the mouse and the elephant, you know, it, you know, if you've got a, a mouse-sized elephant, then you, it needs to grow. Um so, but then if you think about health, then I think about like, what do I, I was thinking about what do I track? What, what do I really, really track? And when I'm healthy, I don't track anything. And I, th- I was, that kind of struck me. What, what numbers am I, am I really tracking? Nothing. If I'm healthy, there's nothing I need to track. You might, you might think about how you feel. Uh, you might stand on the scales occasionally um but and and the interesting thing was as well is i i was taking this one step further in preparation for this and i went on to the the 111 websites you know the nhs one and the first thing it does is it doesn't ask you for right tell us tell me your heart rate over the last minute and tell me your last few blood pressure results and tell me you know, what was your blood sugar level? Mm. Um, it doesn't ask for any of those things at all. Now they might become important, but they investigate those numbers as a result of symptoms. So what they do is you go onto the website and after you don't, you know, put the, you know, your postcode in and all that kind of stuff. All it says is search for symptoms. And I found that really fascinating because actually, you know, sometimes 
you know, it's better to track a number when there's a symptom that's relating to it. And I think that is relating to stories. And I think that because when you've got a story of my back hurts, then you need to have a look at some, okay, well, let's have a look at this or let's have a look at that. Or if, you know, if you've got headaches, you might need to have some kind of, you know, a scan or, or something like that. And then numbers will become important then because they're, they're looking to sort a symptom. But when you're healthy, you don't need a statistic. And so I found that fascinating. And I don't know if that's the answer for churches to say, don't track anything, because I don't think that's what I'm saying. But I'm, I maybe, maybe, maybe I'm hitting this kind of, you know, statistical yeah, well, existential crisis or something. You don't want to make an idol of your stats. That's yeah. Do you know what I mean? And I think there is a tendency sometimes that you know we, it, it's like playing church top trumps. You end up yeah. just with this scorecard, but like, you what are you competing on? Like these aren't the same. Like if your church, your church is a mouse, be the best mouse and the healthiest, healthiest mouse. And for other churches that are the elephant, then if if you're not, then why why not? Like yeah. there's a, there's a different measure and there's a different measure of interventions. It's, this is why there isn't one size fits all in terms of like how anybody can work with you either. Like you don't have the same maybe HR overhead or operational and <laughs> overhead as you know as as like some as as the the comparative one that's smaller but there's there's more there's there's more to it it's more nuanced so like I can't just like go you know like that maybe, maybe if you look at percentages you might you might get something that can be more comparative because you know some of those things do do scale to a degree but you know it's we're dealing predominantly with smaller churches and you know we've got some ratios about employment and stuff like that and they cease to hold true um but even geographically like you know the the south of the south of england to the north of england yeah the, the cost and expectations and stuff like that it all those things change but i i, I get your point it's like actually if you give us a symptom it might not be the thing that you think is the problem. And I know, I know this personally from experience of like for ages having this massive issue with my neck and into my shoulder and to like, just like the top, the top area really saw hugely problematic, but actually then seeing an expert and going into it and them actually trying to look at me from a, like, a, you know, the system view and looking at me as a whole and not just focusing on where I said the problem was, discovered that I had a I had a knee issue and an ankle issue that was tracking up my body and causing kind of like a distortion and causing me pain elsewhere like some more like a referred pain mm-hmm. so actually it's like you know when it's like oh my neck's sore it's like right we're going to work on your ankle now the thing is is that in in in, in churches whenever if we if we're doing that on a diagnostic point of view and people say what's wrong it's often very difficult to then look at the the system aspect of it and go, actually, no, that pain you feel here is as a result of an issue over there. Yeah. Now, maybe we would understand that more if you had a whole makeup of some of the stories that happened, internal and external. But that is a much more difficult conversation to have. There is no quick fix. There isn't six steps to sort your health. There's no, you know, there's no guide, you know, three points to bulletproof your church kind of 
thing. It doesn't work like that. We're not that level of outcome bias. You know, we we can't we can't operate with that. Actually, it's like sometimes you'll go in and it's more obvious, and sometimes it needs further diagnosis to to understand what's going on. Sometimes it's a very surface level issue. It's very obvious. It's on the top. Other times it's inside. It's hidden. It's something more about connectivity and tissues and more you know intertwined into into other things. So, you know, the, the health analogy really, really helps in all of this. But don't think just because you've got this ministry here doesn't work, that the fault is in that ministry. Maybe it could be referred from something happening elsewhere. So I think there's the we've got to open up to actually look at this as uh, a, a more systemic view. We've got yeah. to understand the stories, which means actually, you know what? I'll take that back a little bit about the stories because it's they they are they are important and maybe they are less conceptual what what if to a degree actually it's do we listen it's about receiving feedback well like actually are you are you actually hearing what's going on um to a degree that actually you're not just you're not just knowing what's going on but that you heard and understood and listened intently you know that deliberate listening to actually to get to get what they to get what's going on um actually i think there's a lot more referred pain and issue in in in, in churches than than sometimes we want to let up we i mean look come on a bit like the up and to the right in terms of like the you know where we direction we want things to go we do like simple solutions and sometimes shy away from the things that take the work um and as you know in health any level of rehabilitation takes time it's not straightforward. Sometimes you need people involved to help you achieve it. It's, you know, it, it probably, it probably fits, but, and then it's like, then, then what do you need to track over that period? And it might only be for a time. Yeah, and that's that's the thing, you know. If you're, you know, if you've got a blood pressure problem, when your blood pressure stops being a problem, you don't need to keep tracking it every single day. You know, you just track it for as long as you have the symptom, and when the symptom yeah, stops, to once a quarter, once a year, and that's the thing. So, you know, maybe we've got to head up on thinking about, you know, attendance, for instance. But actually, COVID has actually made us stop and go. Hold on we can't track you know in person attendance and then and then put it at versus 2019 and versus 2018 and versus 2017 because it doesn't work anymore you know by that you know if you went by that result you'd it would just show that your you know most churches would be seen to be you know tanking but then but they're not and so so track what you need to track in regard to symptoms seems a, a lot better and think about the health more holistically and if, if there's a problem somewhere look at the numbers around that so and that could be and that could be to do with attendance yeah. but what why why attendance why is that being uh why is that helpful what is that showing because attendance on its own only shows you a tiny amount of in regards to your church it doesn't really show you an awful lot it's a bit like you know 
why I think a lot of churches have got an issues and rightly so with you know the kind of uh, the three second views on Facebook because it's people are rightly saying well what does that really show you and you just well you know and I've heard people try to sort of link it to well that's a bit like someone driving bar driving past your church um, and you kind of go yeah but like you said earlier like they they may not have even seen it they could have just sort of like they they could have accidentally sort of scrolled on it you know been scrolling down speaking to someone look down and then carried on scroll you know it doesn't it doesn't actually give you a it doesn't help you but it yeah it could help you so, yeah let's face it on on that on that level of it you know we i saw lots of churches in the in the early weeks go oh, we've gone online and the numbers have gone through the roof um but you know there, there wasn't really you know a revival off the back of it it because then we all got better understanding of it the other bit is is that if if you are friends with what's the average number of friends on Facebook? What, two, 200 odd? I'd imagine something around those kind something of like ball, ballpark. Look, if, if, if that, if that's the case and you view something on a, you know, you're viewing church and you, you share it out or you say that you're there, you are, you are going to come up in those connected people's feeds. Now a huge chunk of them are going to be friends and family. And then another chunk of them are going to be the people you know through church. So there's a kind of like, you know, the reciprocal counting, but you are coming up in a lot of people's feeds and it is just scrolled past. But yeah. it's, it's you know, the way it goes, or somebody might go, oh, I never knew that, you know, so-and-so went to church and I saw that they were at this this church thing. It's not like, that's interesting, but that's as deep as it ever went and off they go again and on to the next thing. And it's like, yeah, you know, we'll never take away, you know, from the level of, you know, what 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 thinking that sets somebody off on or if it leads to a conversation later on. But now I go back to if it leads to a conversation later on, the only thing you've got is the story of that happening to understand whether it had any impact at all. You because yeah. you, you can't count it. And so the other one I've heard recently is a uh, suggestion to track people's journey along the kind of spiritual pathway. So, so maybe it's like a discipleship pathway. Track people along that, and I think there's some feels like there's some merit in in that. So mm. you know, if you've got a part, you know, you know, you're not just tracking people in the service you're tracking them into groups but a lot of the time i think major i would my guess would be the majority of churches aren't running groups at the moment and especially you know you know there are many classics where it goes you know sunday to groups to serving is like the most classic uh pathway and then there's not many people serving at the moment but does that does that really mean that they're not being effective in their spiritual walk either you know how do you track that that is there feels like there's many things that just you can't just narrow it down to something easy and simple and i think stories seem like the most it's so subjective and you can't quantify that but then i guess you know in one many senses in other industries the testimonial is you know the testimony which is you know the testimony you know the testimonial is the thing that people look for you know on it's the review on Amazon. Yeah. It's not just, you know, the, the amount of stars that you get, everyone knows that that's, that is very subjective as much as what people write because what people, you know, so the, the numbers even are numbers are still subjective as well as stories in many senses, because it's how you look at those numbers, how someone was feeling and thinking when they inputted that number, is there still, you know, so those things are 
yeah, there's still, uh, still a lot of subjectivity. So how many clicks you got, it still depends on what you're looking to achieve with that number of clicks. Why does that matter? How many people that went to your group? It depends on whether they were able to go or if there are any groups running. So there's there's so much to it. And it feels like I feel, I'm starting to feel like COVID may, may have ruined church statistics. Could we, is there a way back? Bring, bring me back. I th- so for me, I think I think wrapping it up is sort of like, yes, monitoring and evaluating what we're doing matters. What we evaluate is also important. As like, has COVID ruined it? Yes. But we've now got that thing of going, actually, because it's taken us out of it being simple, where we actually thought we knew what we knew, we no longer do. And actually, we now need to think about this for ourselves in our own environments to actually work it out. And I think that's it, that there's, there's, there's a continuing conversation as we find our way in this. And actually, it's OK. And if you listen to this, we give you permission to not fill in your Excel sheet this week. You know what I mean? It's don't don't do that. Find out what's going to be. Uh, find out and look at what, what you're doing and the things that you want to question. Look for the symptoms and the signs and perform some level of diagnosis and then actually to infer whether it's the thing you should even be looking at look for the stories and I, I think that would be kind of like my summary of where we've got to in this whole conversation is stop filling in the spreadsheet look for where you think there might be problems and issues and stuff you might want to do you know the gut feel be a bit diagnosed a diagnostic look for the symptoms and then hone in on it by getting some stories and some feedback and properly listening and assessing that um, so that you can, you, can, you can work it out and know then what you need to track for that time and then how often and how regularly you need to track it going forward. Yeah, I think that's really good. Uh, I, think, I think metrics will always have their place, but I think what we're now starting to find is that they, they, it's exactly it. They, they have their place. They, what they don't have is the, the dominance anymore. And when we think about symptoms and we think about stories, I think they need to become the, the, the things that hold those statistics in tension. And that's yeah. really, really helpful because if you've got great statistics, but with symptoms and with bad <laughs> stories, it doesn't matter how good those statistics say they are, they're being negated by those other things. So, but if you've got, great stories but your metrics aren't so good then actually there's there's still they're still probably indicative that there are symptoms that you're just not seeing so i think these things hold intention statistics stories and what was the other one symptoms statistics story oh gosh they all begin with s as well i feel like we just hit on something this is literally we're coming up with this as we go on statistics symptoms and stories i'm I'm gonna say look if you you know the the one for me is when you uh and i think you, you you you'll see where I'm going is it's like, you know, it's like that big movie that comes out and they say things like stars, certain A-lister. Okay. It's got an A-lister. It was a big budget movie. It cost this much to produce. Ah, huge cost. Then you see the reviews and you realize that it was absolutely rubbish. Yeah. Because the, the, the metrics that kind of made it seem big and shiny, you know, 10 A-listers, incredible score 
the most unbelievable animation and graphics and visual effects in it and it tanks um yeah i'm thinking of cats but uh <laughs> i've not seen it, it but i've i've heard enough to not no, watch I th- it. I think it's sort of like i think if you've not seen it you're in really good company because has anybody well no um, no uh, it, all i heard about it was it was um who's the guy from um who's the guy from gavin and stacy him as a cat oh uh, yeah james corden james corden dressed as a cat i think that's enough to put me off yeah yeah to be fair I think that, that's but gonna... you see what I mean. So it's like you know, you you can put out those things, you know, that you know, all the things in its parts added up that that should have been stellar, but but it but it wasn't. Um, and and even then, with you know, you get the critics' reviews. And I I was listening to a podcast the other day, and they were talking about the film Hook, which was, and they described it as the um, the critically panned but much loved Hook. <laughs> And that's the thing, because it was critically panned. So, you know, it probably got low stars from, you know, the critics' reviews. Um, but people watch it year after year and they love it. And and it almost, and there are some films that are much loved and the revenues were poor at the box office, but have been bigger oh. afterwards. So Shawshank is the classic, isn't Shawshank it? Redemption is like, yeah, was it one of the biggest box office flops? But the longest tale like it's become cult classic as a result and maybe that's the thing as well maybe you know the statistics only tell a tiny story but the you know legacy tells a a much better story your story the stories combined together over time that story of longevity you know i would much rather be a shawshank redemption and feel like that i panned at the box office but over time I became the number one, you know, and even the IMDb thing, you know. It's, that it's, I'm it's not how you start, it's how you finish. Yes, maybe that's it. Maybe that's, uh, but the, the legacy part of it, I think is really helpful. And I think that's, so statistics are, it's all, it all depends on what you're, you're, you're trying to track. It depends what you're trying to do, but then it's all about over time as well. Um, and I think that's, that's the main thing. Lee, I think you should probably call it there because I think we could either go into more metaphors um or we'll find other ways to disprove ourselves um yeah or or just kind of start talking about the films we like um which would yeah that could be quite good no to be fair you know what i think i think you know what we should pick up on this it's like just because your church had greatness once as well don't don't doesn't always mean that it gets a sequel as well (laughs) it's you know this this trying to you know like you know the you know the, the ones that follow up don't so it's also knowing when to when to stop and when to start and what to do. So I think that would make a good follow up podcast about when to stop and when to when to renew. I like so yeah. Don't be the Matrix films, for instance, because number oh, one was pick, good. The rest my favorite them. trilogy. What? No, no. The ma- ju- so the the and Matrix. There we go. We were stopping this a minute ago. Okay, but look. Okay, we're what, how many? What are we at? Okay, we're probably we're probably at stopping time nearly. But I'm just going to finish with this. The Matrix trilogy was a great film that was ruined by being turning it into a trilogy. And I think are they making a fourth? I've heard they're making a fourth. Yeah. Well, they didn't. They, they, there wasn't just three. There was the cartoon spin-offs and stuff as well. So there were already already more 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 elements to it. I I was I was hooked on the whole lot and I loved it. Okay, maybe we're going to hit on this one at some point. You know, this is a good podcast episode. I don't know how we'll relate it to church, but we'll find a way. I think it just gives us an opportunity to talk about uh, films. 
And uh, that sounds good to me. Uh, Lee, thank you so much for your time, as always. Lovely to see you. Oh, and we recorded you. this on a weekend. So um, I know. I feel like we've just done the late show version of this because <laughs> it is. It's all dark outside and, you know, we're sat in here and I feel like, you know, I'm just like all like warm and cosy for the night. Uh, but it's, uh, you know what, it's, it's really quiet around here at this time of night. This, this, is. this Maybe this is it. Thinking Church After Hours, is that is that our next one? Or is no. that going to be on? Sounds no. like it's going to be ITV3. <laughs> right, on that one, I will see you next week. Right, <laughs> see you next week. Cheers. Well, thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode. And don't forget that you can send in your thoughts, comments, uh, discussions for whatever we've talked about. Uh, Just drop us an email, podcast at thinking.church. And we'd love to be able to read it out on the show. Uh, We'll be back with another podcast next week. So stay tuned for that. Uh, We will see you soon. Bye for now.